There are business leaders that are making so much more than profit in their enterprises. They're elevating their businesses, teams, and themselves to add more value. And so can you. Welcome to the Chris Cooper Business Elevation Show with host Chris Cooper. If you were looking for ways to elevate success while contributing to a better world, you'll want to listen in for the next hour. Now here's your host, Chris Cooper. Hi, this is Chris Cooper and a big welcome to the Business Elevation Show. It's uh, wonderful to be again for uh, yes, another week. And uh, firstly, before we move on to today's show, I'd like to say, you know, a big thank you to Mark Gibbon, who was my guest last week, and we talked about trust. And Mark shared uh, his system for building trust and the different levels that we need to uh, consider when we're trust building, you know, whether that be developing, maintaining, repairing trust. And it just feels that in this world at the moment, that trust is often missing in so many different areas. And there's a lot of mistrust that is developing. But we know where trust is present. People come together and they create you know, amazing organizations and make amazing contributions. And some of the core is uh, an opportunity, I think, to help us move through some of these issues is around rebuilding trust amongst ourselves. So I would go back into the archive and listen to the show with Mark Gibbon if you've not done that. And thank you to those who sent me comments about it as well. It's really good to hear that you're, you're listening and that you're enjoying the sort of process. So today we're going to talk about elevating purpose in this changing world. And we've got a, an amazing guest uh, for you today. We've got Corey Blake. Corey has been on the show before. He's a friend of the show. And I particularly enjoyed talking with him and meeting him last year when we did an interview on vulnerability. And it seemed really a good idea, I felt, to get Corey back again um, to, to talk about um, his thoughts in this world, because I know he's been doing a lot of thinking about this and has created something quite special. It's a, a COVID wall, and we'll talk about that in a, in a few moments. Because right now, I think we have to think about how do we best serve others? And, you know, this is the question that so many of us are considering in this very unprecedented period in history. You know, lots of sectors like healthcare and food and supply chains have gone into overdrive, so we've got very business, busy business people there. But many companies have suffered the consequences of incredible amounts of business postponement during COVID-19 and also all the underlying stress and pressure that staff and people and our families might be feeling. So how do we ensure that we contribute and set ourselves up well for the future? So that's what we're going to talk about today with Corey. Uh, Corey Blake is the founder and CEO of Roundtable Companies. He's um, the publisher of Conscious Capitalism Press. He's a speaker, an artist, a storyteller. He's um, got an amazing history in the past. He, did, he started in, in as like the Mountain Dew Bohemian Rhapsody commercial, which was named one of the 50 greatest Super Bowl commercials. He'd been in lots of uh, commercials for Pepsi and Wrigley's and Hasbro. And he's, uh, he also, he, um, he was on something called Yard Fitness where he played basketball naked and won, won some advertising awards for that. <laughs> um, so let's, um, let's talk now about, uh, about, this idea of and this importance of elevating our purpose in a changing world. So a big welcome to our guest today, Corey Blake. Thank you so much, Chris. It's great to be with you again. Uh, man, I, it was a fascinating a journey just to listen to you move through from trust through pandemic to naked basketball. So I'm, I'm uh, at this point, I have a big grin on my face, but it was really somber just a moment ago. But <laughs> So I'm appreciating the uh, right the, the roller coaster that that uh, that you just represented in a minute that, uh, that we're all amidst every moment of our lives right now. Well, I, I think I think it's you know one of the things we have to hold on to right now is humor, isn't it? I think uh, it's something that you know it's almost this uh, what we would call in the United Kingdom the Dunkirk spirit um, mm. coming through. We've got a. We've got to find humor in this situation, um, perhaps to keep ourselves uh, upbeat and cheerful. Yeah, you know, it's, it's, it's a great point. There's uh, so much to live for in the midst of the, uh, the level of insanity, I think, that we find ourselves 
Because <laughs> we can lose ourselves in that insanity, can't we? With very easily, really, really stressed. You know, we were you and I were chatting before the show about yeah. you know, what's really true at the moment. It's hard to find the truth behind things. Um, uh, yeah, it's it's very messy right now for sure. And uh, yeah, taking taking moments of levity and moments of gratitude uh, is wonderfully grounding when you know, we could easily spin mentally down some dark rabbit holes. How have your, your family been during this situation? Uh, how, and how have you been, you know, during this COVID crisis? I mean, what have you learned about yourself and perhaps uh, maybe your family have learned through this experience? Uh, thank you for the question. Lots of, lots of uh, really rich lessons, I think, and, and a lot that's still unfolding for sure. Um, Family-wise, overall, we're, we're healthy. Uh, we've had some, some nervousness around my folks. Uh, they live in an independent living community, and obviously those are, are hit extremely hard, um, these living you know, uh, senior care facilities. So uh, that's been challenging. And then my, my, my father took a nasty fall, and we ended up bringing him here to recuperate for a while, and then that drove us out of our minds. And so we brought him back home. So it's, it's uh, that, that added a whole you know, level of, uh, uh, of intensity to the, the, the current state of the world to, uh, to have a, a parent who needed round the clock care for a while. And I had to let go of a lot of things that felt very important and pressing uh, just to be present with him. And that was, that was, a, there was some real tension there. That wasn't uh it was an easy choice to do, but it wasn't necessarily an easy thing to live within. Um, right. So, so, so lesson wise, I think um, the complexity of, of the world right now and um, to some degree, what's, what's popping up for me as I think about the question is uh, I've, I've had to, I, I've been very good for the past several years at relaxing my desire to judge myself and others I've been working on that intentionally for a while, and I've certainly noticed during this time I've had to relax that even further, right? Just recognizing how much in my own situation is going on at the same time that we all have expectations, particularly in the United States right now, around how other people react to the story that we see being told. Uh, it's very easy to judge people we disagree with, people who wear a mask or don't wear a mask, for example, has become you know, this, this point of contention. So the need to relax that default sense of judgment, I think, has been um, a, a pretty powerful lesson right now. Mm, is that, I, yeah, I think it's, uh, I don't know. I don't know. It's, it, you're absolutely right. You know, there's so many polarized kind of views and opinions right now, isn't there? Um, we hear this in the United States around vac vaccine, you know, vaccines going to be safe when they come out or some people won't take them, others will, and that maybe could have an impact. And there's just so many different things, the Black Lives Matters and, um, uh, and uh, all the um, kind of naming and shaming that's going on right now. It, it's... Uh, Strange, strange world. And I mean, how, how have you found things during this period for roundtable companies? I mean, what have you learned about, you know, about doing business right now? Uh, well, I, you know, we've been extremely fortunate. And I think in many ways, uh, I, the story that I'm telling, I don't know the degree to which it's entirely accurate, but, but my perception is that being a conscious capitalism uh, related organization and the amount that we've gone out of our way over the past many years to ensure all of our stakeholders are taken care of in our business ecosystem, that I feel paid off during the pandemic. Uh, we had a lot of people who went to bat for us, who went out of their way for us. Um, our staff has, has shown up in the most extraordinary ways during this time. While I know other people have, uh, other businesses have lost folks. Um, so I, I certainly think that, that we have benefited from taking good care of the relationships that surround our business. And we always feel good about that. And we always see, you know, dividends that come from that. But during this time, especially, I think it's been a powerful asset in our pocket. Mm -hmm. 
and you, I mean, just remind us what you do, your business. What, what do roundtable companies do? So we help uh, organizations and thought leaders to tell the, the, the story behind their own purpose in many ways. So that means we, we help people write the book they're born to write. We help uh, create documentary films and animated films for organizations. We do art installations for organizations. So in many ways, we, we assemble a group of artists to use their talent, not for their own purposes, but actually to help give voice to others, and we always align ourselves with uh, with organizations that are intending to to do well in the world and, and help improve the world. Um, but it's all storytelling based, and right. I mean, as you were sharing before, I was thinking of uh, actually of, of David Foster Wallace's "This Is Water." If you're familiar with it, it's the concept of you know that the fish doesn't know that it's in water, right? It doesn't understand the environment it's in. It's just its environment, and. And I feel like particularly in the U.S. right now, um, we're, we're swimming in two different kinds of water and, uh, and there's two different narratives that are very powerfully driving the world or, or, or at least our country right now. And, and we're lost in, those narr- in our own narratives. It's very hard to see outside of our own narratives. And that's, that's a challenge that I'm trying to navigate myself also as I watch our country try to navigate that. Yeah. Well, one thing you've done, and we, you know, we're not, we, we've, I've interviewed you before. So if anybody wants to find out more about Corey and he's got a fascinating background, including Brad Pitt and, and, and the likes from his, so go and listen to the, uh, this show on vulnerability in the archive. Um, but something I found very powerful and I thought was really, it'd be great to have a conversation again is, is you took some, you took some action to do something which I find found quite remarkable. And, and I still, I'm finding it remarkable. And you created a wall uh, on the on the net called unitedbycovid.com. And if you listen to this, you might want to just go to united.covid, um, unitedbycovid.com uh, and uh, and check this wall out because uh, well, you, you you tell us um, a little bit about the background of it, and we can maybe talk about what's on it. I'm on it now at the moment, and I just you know just blown away by some of the comments. Hmm. Well, uh, when when the pandemic first hit, uh, or at least when our country started locking down, let's say early March, uh, there was a period of several weeks where I was really asking myself the question of, uh, of all of the assets and talents we have as an organization, how are they meant to be used to be in service to the world right now? And I was struggling with finding the answer to that. And I, I started actually feeling a bit desperate and in my desire to find it because I started seeing some of my colleagues finding it. Uh, I belong to a number of CEO networks out here and, um, and a couple of good friends really found uh, the way that they were supposed to show up right now. One of my good friends owns a, a series of senior care facilities, has 3000 employees, there's 3000 you know, seniors and, and he decided that he was, he was going to be uh, completely transparent about how COVID was hitting each of their 65 locations around the country. And so he, had, he created this uh, hashtag offense. He was a former NFL guy. And uh, fascinating story. <laughs> but, uh, but, but, you know, to, to watch him be the first senior care facility in our country to be transparent about, you know, number of COVID cases at every location, um, uh, who was recovering, all of that, like that, I, I was watching that and I was so inspired. So I was looking for my thing and there came a point where I was on a call with a group of CEOs and I, and I heard the whisper and I wrote it down and immediately like that night I, I put it into action and it was the idea that uh, we've done these art installations for years in person uh, for organizations, major organizations, Microsoft, ADP, you know, others, and and uh, and they're very moving, and and they they tell the story of a community, and and we said, well, what if we did this virtually and opened it up for the world, and we we landed on United by COVID. And, and I'm just looking at uh, it now at random. We've just got a couple of minutes till commercial break, and I think what strikes me, you know, there is there is kind of, you know, this this moves very much from almost fear to love the entire kind of spectrum. Um, you know, I'm just reading this, I'm, I'm unbearably lonely. Mm. Um, you know, I'm being asked to do more with less, surely will be the death of me. Um, but then it sort of, 
you know, it's terrible and I think it will get worse. And then you start to move to the earth takes a needed breath. So do I. So, you know, some positivity mm. in there. A light removes the darkness and I've chosen to be a light. Um, to, to there is st- still so much love in this world. Uh, love is the source. And I, th- I think you've got the entire spectrum, haven't you, of how, how people are feeling, which is portrayed beautifully with, with graphics on this wall. It's very moving. Uh, I appreciate that it moves you. Uh, yeah, the intention was to to help give voice to people's experience, however that was showing up, and it it certainly is uh, runs along the spectrum between the tension of of love and fear, right? Uh, and captured in in people's own words, and then turned into art. Well, and also I think if you're you know if you're a company. You know, and you're, you're maybe you're maybe calling people from a call center, or you're you're linking in with your customers. It gives you a sense to realize that there's probably could well be a lot going on with that person right now, and it could be a whole spectrum of things. And just a glance at this wall, I think, gives you a insight into, you know, the emotions of people right now. Uh, and that's, um, you know, I think links in really, really well with with purpose because I think you're, you know, I don't know what your purpose is, but I'm getting a sense that it's. Uh, it is linked in intrinsically with uh, and sits behind this wall and why you did it. So we're going to go to commercial break now and we'll find out a little bit more about purpose and your purpose, Corey, and, and why it's important to kind of elevate it right now in this uh, uncertain, rather chaotic world that we're living in. So we'll be back again with you in just a couple of minutes. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. Would you like to work personally with the host of this show to help realize your potential? Chris Cooper supports business leaders and high potential individuals to achieve greater success in their businesses and careers. Support includes the opportunity to join a high return group mentoring and mastermind program called the Achiever Program. One-to-one mentoring and coaching, facilitated leader development workshops and speeches. Email info at bemoreachievemore.com to arrange a free, no-obligation consultation to see how Chris and his team can help you. We hear it and read about it every day in the news. America is heading over a fiscal cliff. Home prices are still receding and unemployment growing. How can you preserve and increase your wealth in this kind of economy? Tune in to Turning Hard Times into Good Times with host Jay Taylor. Jay will explain the decline of our monetary system and the economy and will give you winning investment ideas and the tools to protect and increase your wealth. Turning Hard Times into Good Times with Jay Taylor can be heard Tuesdays at 3 p.m. Eastern Time, 12 noon Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. If you hear a dog barking or an angel singing, then you know that you are listening to Waking Up in America. Heard every Wednesday at 3 Pacific Time, Valerie Kirkard and all of her friends will bring you powerful and humorous discussions that raise thoughts and give you insight on how to live your life to its fullest potential. Adventure is always a must on Waking Up in America with Valerie Kirkard every Wednesday at 3 Pacific. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. You are tuned into the Business Elevation Show with your host, Chris Cooper. If you have a question or comment about our show, please direct your emails to chris at chriscooper.co.uk. That's chris at chriscooper.co.uk. Now back to Chris Cooper. Hi, it's Chris Cooper. I'm with Corey Blake. We were talking before the break about you know, unitedbycovid.com and this this amazing thought wall that COVID um, that uh, that um, Corey and his team have created, and I'm just wondering, you know, this is this is a great message about being united. But as we were talking in the break, is it have we been united by COVID or have we been divided by COVID? Well, I've, you know, I can only speak for for the water that I'm aware I'm swimming in. I guess I would say and. and uh, I really thought when when we set out to do this that we were all part of the same story and it was going to unite us. And we discovered about three quarters of the way through the degree to which uh, in our country we've been divided, become more, more divided than ever. And that's, it is a, it's a, there's a tenderness in my, in my heart and a sadness around uh, how unexpected that element 
was. And, uh, and, and ultimately, right, we, we created this wall and we're very proud of it. And I think it's something that um, years forward, it's a beautiful snapshot of a part of this experience kind of before some of the grenades went off, metaphorically speaking, where we recognized, holy smokes, we are, we are very far from united, at least in the U.S., yeah, but some of the messages on this wall, though, you know, it's a terrible time, and I think it will get worse. <laughs> I mean, they're not sure. all, they're not all positive, but then they do, you know, the, the wall is still reflected. And actually, this idea of being united, maybe we've just got, got to wake up, you know, <laughs> and and try and pull together. Uh, it's a lovely thought. <laughs> 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 Truly, I mean, it's it's you know, it's, it's it's so fascinating to me. Um, the 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 amount of, of bias on both sides uh, of the conversation and and ultimately I think what I, something that I've landed on Chris is that is that you know as human beings we we adopt belief systems throughout our lives and it's 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 very identity related it's how we make sense of the world and then something like this happens and we are inherently going to gravitate to this story that validates whatever belief system that is. And I do think that there are people, particularly in politics, who understand that very well. And, and then it becomes not necessarily about truth on either side of this equation. It becomes about story. And, and that's, it's, it's rather dangerous, I think, in many ways. So the ability to try to rise above that bias and uh, which I think when I rose above that bias, it helps me to not demonize opinions that are different from my own, which as a human being, of course, I, I do by default, right? So I think the one, the one way to potentially become united is for more of us to be able to um, rise above the stories that are being told and see more of the human beings that are in the middle of an experience they're trying to make sense of right now. And, and do you think, I, th- I think you were at the, you know, a nub of a really, really fundamental and important issue right now. It's one I've been thinking a lot about, you know, you write, we all have our different belief systems, our personal, cultural, religious belief systems. Actually, all of those systems together have uh, resulted in a, in a world with, with amazing creativity and you know, amazing people and diverse cultures, etc. But also, it, it's led to a lot of greed. It's led to the polarization of wealth. It's led to, uh, you know, warring, warring um, c- countries at each other's kind of throats. It's led to potentially the, you know, the extinction or the unsustainability of our planet. And maybe right now, maybe right now, this um, COVID is um, is a time where we actually need to go into, um, you know, rather than blaming others, look into ourselves and maybe start to uh, consider whether our own stories are correct. What a lovely invitation, right? And and I have to recognize that um, one of the privileges that I've had in my life is uh, is related to all the personal development work that I've been able to do, that I've been able to afford to do, that owning a company affords me to do. Um, And I have have an expansive toolbox to pull from to be able to, to do that. Right. And uh, and if I judge everyone else by their ability to you know to access a toolbox like that, then it'd be very easy for me to you know to to label and and name call and um, and come off as elitist <laughs> in many ways, right? So I, absolutely, I think that 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 would be wonderful and uh, and healing for the world. And I also have to be realistic with um, our capacity to be able to do that when not enough people have had access to the kinds of of tools that I've been privileged to access. I do agree. So how do we, how do we elevate our purpose right now? I mean, what is, you, you came up with this thought, well, what, what is the purpose behind you? And as, a, as an example, and then how do we, how do we decide how, you know, how, what to do really, you know, you know, talk, you know does this, do your ideas then once you know your purpose come from market research and looking what's happening or, you know, is there more kind of, you know, we sometimes get a sense, almost a calling. Absolutely. I, I, I think it's, 
as I reflect on it uh, through, through you asking the question, I'm aware that an element of this for me and my experience coming up with the idea for United by COVID or uncovering that idea, I might say, uh, that in the process of that, there, there was a desire to uh, grab hold of some control Right, uh, the pandemic is—it's very easy to 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 feel like we're we're spinning and and that we can't get grounded. Every day is a new piece of surprising, shocking, you know, information that's released about deaths or sickness or economy, et cetera. And so it's easy to to not have a foothold. And what I found is uh, when I really looked at at how can I be of service? How can our organization be of service? That offered a certain sense of, of some control. So while you know the pursuit of control doesn't necessarily always sound like a good thing, um, in this regard, I, I think there's there's value in an uncertain world and finding some things that you can be certain about. And so for me, it was it was listening uh, for how are we meant to be of service, and then. And then finding that thing and, and moving into action that created uh, some clarity that was calming, rewarding. It gave me a reason to feel good when I put my head on the pillow at night. Like there's all kinds of value, I think, that comes from that. Not to mention that from a practical standpoint, we created a new product that now we sell. These virtual art walls we didn't do before. We only did them in person. And now we've created a new line of products that, that people are very excited about. So it has practical value as well, but it was born out of, out of a desire to be of service, which is not something that, that I could research. You know, I couldn't go and, and, and look at this analytically. I, I had to listen internally for how are we meant to take the, the pieces that, that organized our existing puzzle, you could say, the picture, and, and possibly reassemble those into a different picture that would be of service right now. That took inward looking and seeking and soul searching and quiet, I think, to, to be able to open up and, and hear when the call made itself apparent and then quickly grab it and move it into action. Mm. And, you, and you call it a call. I mean, is that... You mentioned, and you also mentioned quiet. Is that because ideas come to you easier when you're in that space? Uh, typically, for me, I think the really juicy ones do. Um, and I do metaphorically actually think of it as a, a phone ringing, right? And, and if I've got blinders on and I'm only looking at what I'm trying to achieve in a given day, um, I'm fitting everything into that purview, and it's very easy to miss the low, <laughs> quiet ring of the universal phone that's trying to reach out to me. And so, yeah, I, I have to I have to come to more quiet in order to to hear what's being offered. The first, what I realized, the first uh, nine years of roundtable companies was for me was all head down, blinders on. I set the agenda and then I worked hard to achieve specific goals. But then I saw nothing outside of that view because those blinders were so strong. I missed a lot of universal opportunity that was being offered by that phone ring because I couldn't hear it. Life was too chaotic or busy. And when I was in my, my ninth year of the company, 2014, um, I had those blinders pulled off and the recognition of, oh, the universe is constantly speaking to me. I have to be in a place to hear it. That set me off on this personal development track so that I could be more in tune with and aware of when those things were trying to be spoken to me. Yeah, it's so easy to, to be in that busyness and ignore them. I love you the way you describe that as a phone ring. I've not, uh, not heard that before, a universal phone ring, because we do get we do seem to get ideas and messages and I'm very driven at the moment with the, you know, looking back with nearly you know, 380 hours of these interviews and I've been looking back and marveling the incredible content in there. And I'm, I'm just getting this sense that the world needs to have access to more of these golden nuggets and ideas. So I'm kind of working through 
you know, how best to do that at the moment and uh, downloading and transcribing. It's a, it's a huge piece of work, but it's, it feels like I'm supposed to do it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I love, I love that. I love that. And I, so, so as you say that, right, I'm, I'm recognizing that, that the phone that I'm speaking of is in, it's like when I, when I actually envision it, it's this phone from like the, late 70s early 80s right so it's got a cord mm. it is not something <laughs> in my pocket it's in a it's in a kind of hidden corner right and so if i'm busy and hectic like that call's not coming to me i have to be in a space where i can hear it across the house like that's an entirely different place so i'm imagining you as you're as you're going through all of these transcriptions and these interviews like there's all of this consumption right you got to you got to feed yourself with all of this data and then and then finding some quiet to hear what wants to be spoken to you. I'm, I'm excited for you to, to have that moment. Yeah, yeah. I love the, there was a, a book that I once read, I may have mentioned it before on this show, which was The Power of Decision by Charles Barker. And in it, he said that the ideas are seeking a home and that they're looking for you as much as you're looking for them. Hmm. Uh, and also the, the the thought that actually you know those ideas wouldn't come to you if they weren't something that you could potentially take forward. However, those ideas you don't have a monopoly on them; they may be going to lots of other people too. So, sure, you know, yeah. but, um, but 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 the idea of a you know an idea of being almost a you know a living thing uh, is quite uh, quite interesting, quite thought provoking. I think it is and and i think you're tapping into um you know a, a reality that i certainly feel in my world um when the idea makes itself apparent there's a 2 to 3 hour window where it's going to hang out with me and if i move it into action it'll stick around longer but if i don't it's got to go find it's got to go search for another home it just evaporates and i can't even remember it ever occurred yeah <laughs> it happens isn't it <laughs> <laughs> I had one this morning, a, a, a kind of new idea of a, a brand. Um, and uh, yeah, I'm just writing it down now because that's going to just. I love that. I love that. <laughs> I've written it down. Yeah. Uh, uh, it's, yes, it, it is. It's amazing, isn't it? So when you, let's say that universal phone is, is wrong, you know, and the idea to create unitedbycovid.com or whatever it is for you is in there, you're in that two or three hour window. What are your next steps once you've heard that calling? So uh, initially um, I had, I, I immediately shared a brief version of the idea with a couple of people on my team. And then um, there was the immediate recognition of, okay, I really need to be thoughtful as I present this or I'm gonna be met with a ton of resistance. Um, just because it's out of the norm, it's change, you know, and, and um, I think a lot of people, I mean, traditional staff members, that's not always comfortable, right? So, so, uh, so I shared it with a few people. And then that afternoon, I think I spent a solid two, two and a half hours crafting the narrative of what I saw as possible so I could pitch it in a way that was most likely to be received well. So again, it's, there's, a, there's, a, there's this element of control, right? Like uh, I knew if I spit it out in a way that was not well cared for, uh, was not thoughtful, that it would be disregarded or I would just meet too much resistance to, to continue trying. Like I have to, you have to find advocates. I think that's key, right? So, so being, being thoughtful, uh, really caretaking of the idea and figuring out how do I share this in a way that people can feel the essence of what I'm going for so I can get them on board and we can start generating some momentum. Otherwise, it's this uphill slog where I got to carry the rest of my team. Nobody likes that, right? So, so yeah, I think those initial steps um, of, of really being thoughtful about the language and tapping into the emotion of an idea so that it can start to be sold to at least one or two other people is key. Yeah, that, that's, that's key, isn't it? Because you can, you know, an idea, a great idea can be, can be shattered by someone else's belief system. If you don't create sure. that, you know, that oh. clear picture for people, you know, we, how many ideas do we 
not take through because somebody has dished them. I had a little example yesterday where I had this, I've got this idea and I shared it with somebody, a little glimpse of it, and they got very excited and very animated about it. And, you know, Chris, you could really make this happen. It's going to be amazing. And then I spoke to somebody else and they, they said, oh, you know, it's really difficult to do something like that. You know, you waste a lot of time doing it. And I got two oh, yeah. polarized views. Yeah, you, 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 you got to find a couple of dreamers who can get it. And then um, the people who are more practical, who will need to get it, right? Then, then it's a it's a series of like, okay, now I got to put together some data for for those who need more information, right? You have quick decision makers, and then you got people who really need to take more time. And so then it's a matter of taking the idea and figuring out how do I share this with with people in a way that meets them where they are, and helps shift them into that state of what this could be, so they can get on board. Yeah. Brilliant. Well, perfect time to go to another commercial break. And after the commercial break, we're going to, we've got some more, um, I think really good dialogue about this and uh, some more thinking to think about right now. You may be thinking about something that's coming through to you. Maybe that universal phone is rung and you may be wondering what to do with it, or maybe you've not been listening to that universal uh, phone, but it does exist. And uh, amazing things have happened as a consequence of it. So I encourage you to, to get thinking about that um, during the commercial break. And after the break, we'll talk even more about making these things actually happen. So we're back with you again in just a couple of minutes. From the boardroom to you, Voice America Business Network. Would you like to work personally with the host of this show to help realize your potential? Chris Cooper supports business leaders and high potential individuals to achieve greater success in their businesses and careers. Support includes the opportunity to join a high-return group mentoring and mastermind program called The Achiever Program, one-to-one mentoring and coaching, facilitated leader development workshops and speeches. Email info at bemoreachievemore.com to arrange a free, no-obligation consultation to see how Chris and his team can help you. Have you become a member yet? Sign up now to become a member of Voice America. It's always free and easy. Plus, you get to take advantage of some great member benefits. Get unlimited access to millions of hours of on-demand content across all of our channels. Keep track of your favorite episodes, shows, and hosts in your own customizable library. Find out what shows you might be interested in based on your favorites. Plus, you get insider access with our newsletter. Membership gives you more. Sign up at voiceamerica.com and click register at the top right. From the boardroom to you, Voice America Business Network. You are tuned into the Business Elevation Show with your host, Chris Cooper. If you have a question or comment about our show, please direct your emails to chris at chriscooper.co.uk. That's chris at chriscooper.co.uk. Now back to Chris Cooper. Hi, this is Chris Cooper. I'm with Corey Blake, and we're talking about about um, elevating purpose in a changing world. And I love the conversation before the break around uh, this idea of a universal phone ringing, and also when you've got this idea, two or three hours to maybe do something with it. And uh, then we were thinking about the kind of way that you've then got to bring advocates on board and be mindful of different people's uh, styles, and different styles will maybe need a different kind of approach because they could make that idea evaporate, you know, how many great ideas have we kind of lost? And I'm intrigued, Corey, we, last time when we spoke, we were talking about vulnerability. And where does that tie into all of this? Oh, Lordy. Um, so in my experience, um, right, great ideas. Uh, if you're a visionary who's an idea person, right, you come up with 20 a day. It's just it's what we do. Um, but, the, but the, the pitching of an idea, the sharing of an idea, is such a fragile, vulnerable experience, um, particularly purpose-related stuff, right? Because it's, it's very personal. It can't not be personal when you're talking about purpose, whether it's organizational or individual purpose. It all starts with the human beings that, that, you know, that initiated the organization, et cetera. So there's something um, honoring the, the deeply personal aspect of it, I think, is certainly a, a huge key aspect of the conversation. And then there's, I think this, I, I'm almost taking this a little bit in a, in a here, I, I'm going to use an example. So 
I have, we, we often work with CEOs and, um, and CEOs are typically in that visionary category. And so they are very comfortable with risk. They get excited about it. And um, one of my first huge lessons um, in how vulnerable it is to be um, initiating a new idea was in sitting in a boardroom of a, uh, it was a, a facility that worked with kids who have really severe disabilities that are, that are so severe they can't live at home. So it was a, you know, a, a facility that housed them and educated them. And the CEO wanted to utilize our company to create a series of comic books for these kids that helped them to better understand their lives and essentially the water they were swimming in, right? As kids with very severe autism or Asperger's, et cetera. And we were so on board and so jibing from the creative standpoint. And then I'm in the boardroom and, um, and the CFO is there. And the CFO's job is not to get excited about visionary ideas. It's to mitigate risk for the organization. And holy smokes, did I meet a brick wall in that conversation that just sucker punched me right in the gut. I didn't, I didn't have an understanding. This was a decade ago almost. And, uh, and, it, and ultimately, I left that meeting um, uh, feeling so shaken and disoriented, and I lost my grounding. We ultimately ended up working with this organization because the, the beauty of, of starting with the CEO is oftentimes it's the CEO who says, yeah, I totally get all that, Mr. CFO, Mrs. CFO, we're doing it anyway, <laughs> right? Like I, 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 we're very fortunate in that way. But um, had we been able to get the CFO on board, right, by, by sharing the story in a way that they could make sense of how it fits into their role, which is how do we do this in a way that is not as intensely risky? Uh, that would have gone a long way. It would have, it would have eased my path. It would have made things, I, I would have suffered less just in the emotional turmoil of being so attached to the idea and then, you know, being met with someone who just wanted to tear it to shreds, mm. uh, <laughs> right? It was an incredibly vulnerable experience. So I think it's, a, it's so um, incumbent upon us who are, those of us who are, who are pushing for ideas like this and, and looking to find that way to be of service, particularly related to our own purpose, that when we share it with others, we do have to pay attention to what are their styles, what is their worldview, and how can we share uh, the information, the data, and the story in a way that helps them see how it fits into their role as opposed to um, it becoming an obstacle to their needs and their role. If we can get getting other people on board is such a key part of this. We have to speak their language and that requires way more thought, way more care, and a respect for different viewpoints. And uh, that, that's something that took me many years to, to start to wrap my head around. And it's still challenging at times because I just, I love to sit on that visionary creative side and just say, forget the rest. Let's just, you know, we're going to jump out of the plane. We'll figure out the parachute while we're falling. Yeah. I, I used to facilitate the, the pitch, creative pitches, uh, manage the kind of rosters of, uh, of marketing agencies for, for for Mars in the UK and then internationally for uh, another uh, food uh, company. So I've sat in I sat in probably 150 maybe creative pitches, oh. and, and and I saw people you know pitching all sorts of ideas and sometimes they were you know sometimes they were brilliant maybe more than that sometimes they were sort of brilliant but it depended upon the belief systems of those who were observing. And uh, and their ability to get that across in an appropriate way. It it, it what surprised me when I look back on it is just how subjective, you know, a, a good idea is uh, once it's um, once it's it's presented and then it goes it then gets filtered through the belief systems of everybody in that room and uh, the behavioural types. Uh, and you're right, a great idea can end up on the floor. It's so it's so important for us all to, to recognize those of us who are, who are pushing ideas out into the world uh, that we, that, that we have to meet people where they are so that they can find their way to get on board. And in the absence of that, you know, their job, you know, is, is in a certain, you know, specific area of focus. And if we don't take that into account, then we're just going to potentially look like an obstacle to their success. And what do we do with obstacles? We find our way around through or over them. Yeah, well, that's right. And I guess we've got to see that as our challenge, haven't we? That obstacles are always going to be there. And sometimes they, they really do test us, don't they? 
Um, sure, they can feel very personal, right? yeah. especially like if I love a great idea uh, and someone's not getting it, it's very easy for me to, to try to figure out what's wrong with them. <laughs> Because <laughs> that doesn't then require me to be more thoughtful or more more caring in terms of how I'm introducing people to it. But businesses, you know, organizations, particularly when you're trying to move ideas through organizations, um, there are there are people who play different roles in those organizations, and uh, and we have to respect that that they're there for a reason. You know, the person who's there to mitigate risk, or those people, or that department that there is there to mitigate risk. It's, it's there to play an important role. It's an important function. And if we just look at them as an obstacle to our idea, then right, we're, we're not giving uh, credit to the service that they do to the business. So we want to honor that and figure out how do we communicate with them in a way that they can, you know, they're, they're never going to be comfortable <laughs> with, with new and seemingly risky ideas. And, you know, we work in art in business. So everything is perceived as risky to those folks that, that we do. Uh, right. So particularly for our ideas, we've, we've got to find on ramps for other people. And what's, um, I mean, what ideas do you, do you hold on to really tightly and what, which ones will you let fall away? I mean, you might do a creative pitch and, and they might not buy it. You know, what would, what would, what would um, mean for you that you would actually think, well, look, this idea is so worth saving. I'm actually going to go to the CEO and talk about it because they're missing on, what what ideas will you will you cling on to and, and and really keep pushing through and which ones will you step back and just let evaporate uh, as you ask the question I, right I, I'm I, I know I'm, I'm paying attention to kind of my own body response and um, and it's for me it's actually um, which ideas are letting me go and which ideas are holding on to me uh-huh. Uh, and noticing the difference, right? Mm-hmm. So, uh, so I think um, we 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 run on the entrepreneurial operating system. It's called EOS. There's thousands of businesses that that run on it. It's a like an operating system that helps us determine how we run meetings, how we communicate within the organization, and within EOS, um, there's there's you know the the this notion that the visionary, the person who sits in the visionary seat, typically a CEO or a founder, um, is going to have you know, 20 ideas every day of which one is a really good idea and 19 are not. So there's also the recognition, uh, I think, of the important awareness that a lot of these things that, that are provoking me, that are pinching me or grabbing my attention, a lot of them are not phenomenal overall ideas. They're just stimulating initial thoughts and I can daydream about it for a little bit and get excited, but like, you know, they'll, they'll run away and find somewhere else to live. So it's, for me, it's the key is, is paying attention to the ones that are hanging around that, that are, that are holding on tightly to me and then getting curious about why. And the more I can get curious about why is that holding on to me, the more I can find the language that helps invite other people into it. Yeah. Well, I love that. Um, which ideas are letting me go and which ones are holding on to me? Really, really interesting. Uh, mm-hmm. thought, quite deep, quite deep that. Yeah. 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 Go ahead. Yeah, it's um, quite deep. I'm just mindful. We got probably, probably five minutes till we go to um, commercial. So we we'll finish the show now. So um, just want to ask you, um, you know, what are you doing? What, what's next for you? As a as a business, uh, well, we are. We used to generate a lot of our revenue from in person events. So whether it's me speaking or us showing up at, at events and conferences and and uh, and doing things that that draw attention to what we do as an organization. So right now we're having to convert all of that to online virtual experiences. Um, all of our marketing has shifted from in-person to, to online. And so that's drawing a lot of our attention, which I think for the long-term health of our organization is phenomenal. Um, also wrought with challenge and excitement and frustration, of course. <laughs> um, and then, you know, looking, looking at what we did with United by COVID and figuring out how is that meant to serve others in different capacities um, as a business offering. Um, Conscious Capitalism Press, you know, we're, we're continuing to grow, and that uh, that has a lot of my attention right now. 
um, and my and our people, right? Like you know, th- this is such a deeply human experience occurring right now, and we have people within our organization who don't all share the same beliefs. Like we we attract a lot of artists, which means we tend to attract a more liberal employee. But um, but we also need a lot of project management and hierarchical thinking. And that tends to attract sometimes folks who are more conservative leaning, right? We talk about belief systems. Like if you've got a hierarchical belief system, you're probably great at management and organization and structure. And it might also lead to, uh, right, to, to hearing um, a president like Donald Trump differently than, than someone who is more liberal leaning. Uh, so we're also navigating within our organization that, um, we're not all swimming in the same water and how do we respond to that? How do we help um, elevate ourselves to a point where we can have a, have very human conversations and not, um, not make enemies of each other within a very challenging political environment while we are working side by side and trying to improve the world through what we do. Wow. Well, we've got to uh, end in about a minute, I need to explain the next show. Have you got a final message you'd like to leave us with? Yeah, I, um, I think ultimately um, it, it, there's great power in, in starting with uh, kindness to ourselves right now, particularly when it's easy to get outwardly angry. Um, typic- I think in many ways uh, we can do that if we can, if we can get in- inwardly upset with ourselves. So the kinder we are to ourselves – Amidst this insane time, the more grace we can extend ourselves internally, uh, the more grace we can extend outwardly. So I do believe you know, it starts with ourselves. So just for your listeners, be kind to yourself. Whatever you're going through right now, be kind. That's a lovely message to end on. Um, being really, really thought-provoking. Love talking to you again, Corey. Yeah, thanks very much. Thank you so much, Chris. Wonderful to be with you. Uh, on next week's show, we have Michael Ramelling. Uh, Michael is going to talk to us about getting out of our own way. Uh, he's, a, he's a fascinating individual with real charm and, and humour uh, who was, was in the Merchant Navy and then um, became an insurance salesman and did extremely well and then went on to uh, have a, a global company and helping people with behavioural change. Even, I believe, um, uh, gave uh, President Putin a lesson and um, in, in improving his golf so quite an interesting character who's worked all over the world. So um, we expect uh, another fascinating show. Uh, once again, huge thank you to Corey. And uh, you know, if you enjoy this show, please do share it with, with others. If you've got any questions, comments, love to hear from you at chris at chriscooper.co.uk. And if you dip into the archive, there's an enormous amount of content that can help you like today with lots of golden nuggets to develop your thinking, develop your business. Um, I'm Chris Cooper, and I look forward to speaking to you again next week. Take care. We thank you for listening to the Chris Cooper Business Elevation Show. Please join your host, Chris Cooper, again next Friday at 8 a.m. U.S. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Be more. Achieve more.